Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Today on CityCast Madison. It's the Friday News Roundup. This week, I'm joined by CityCast Madison's Haley Swirling and Molly Stentz. Senator Baldwin has a GOP challenger for 2024. A new state historical center may open up development to the 100 block of West Mifflin. And UW takes on direct admissions for top students in our state. It's Friday, February 23rd. I'm Bianca Martin, and here's what Madison's talking about. Welcome to the Friday News Roundup. Fake spring has sort of sprung, at least in my world, and politics are a swirl. We had primaries. Some folks had primaries this week. Politics are on the mind, and we have plenty to discuss. Joining me today is the leader of this here podcast, Molly Stentz. Hello. Hello, hello. And our fearless newsletter editor, Haley Sperling. What's good? Howdy. All right, kicking us off this week is me. We are starting with the big story around the Senate race. Ahead of the 2024 election, Senator Tammy Baldwin has a new challenger, and he's a Madisonian, Eric Hubdi. He's a successful businessman locally, and he's entered this year's Senate race this week. Uh, he's the first major GOP candidate to enter the race and is running against the incumbent Democrat Baldwin. Y'all might have remembered there were murmurs last spring about his potential bid, and now it's officially launched. So as some context about Hubdi, he's run for the U.S. Senate in Wisconsin before, back in 2012, um, but he lost the Republican primary. Um, And he also is considering entering the Senate race in 2018, as well as the governor race in 2022, but decided against. Uh, A little context about his business background. He is a multimillionaire. He's the CEO of Hubdi Properties, which is a real estate development company, and founder of H Bancor LLC. So he's got lots of business credentials. He also went to UW Madison. So are you all familiar with Mr. Hubdi? You know, I remember I remember hearing about him last year, but I wasn't around when he ran. Uh, oh, actually, I guess I was in 2012, but I wasn't around in recent years with his name coming up this time. With more mustache. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah, he's looking very Tom Selleck. I'm not again it. Y'all know I'm a mustache fan. (laughs) But yeah, definitely with more mustaches. That's the biggest (laughs) change for Mr. Humpty. I don't know. When I saw the campaign announcement, that was the first thing I noticed. Well, he definitely is giving firefighter vibes, which we love our firefighters here. So, you know, I remember when his name was floated, when we started hearing about him last spring, um, and I felt like some of the, there were some, you know, attacks on his possible run um, related to his investments in California. He owns a home there, and he also, his bank that he cherishes in uh, California. So I remember hearing, like, some questions 
about how committed he was to the state of Wisconsin, you know, just kind of talking about some of the things around his candidacy. Uh, the current story I'm hearing about is, you know, where he sits on abortion. Um, that's obviously one of the hot button issues in our state. Um, and there was an ad against him this week from the progressive research and comms group of Better Wisconsin Together targeting his abortion views from 2012 and implying that he opposes exceptions for rape and incest. Um, and he's come back to say he has actually, he's changed his point of view. Um, you know, back in 2012, there was a quote that he said he was totally opposed to abortion. Um, but he's correcting his stance today, um, saying that he's supporting putting the issues to voters, and he does support exceptions for rape, incest, and life of the mother. Um, so those are some of the things. Also, the fact that he is so well endowed with funds, with resources as a multimillionaire, um, that's going to be a major factor for him, and obviously something <laughs> money talks in our politics. Uh, Senator Baldwin has responded to him coming into the race. She's gone on Twitter saying, quote, uh, this will be my most competitive and expensive race yet. Yeah, I don't know what you guys are thinking about his candidacy. Another thing that I saw um, from him was his one of his slogans is returning the American dream. Um, some rhetoric that some of it was a little bit akin to what is make America great again. Maybe that's my take. Um, but heard a quote of him kind of talking about returning to an older Greater America, um, some of the golden days of the past. I don't know. That's certainly something that works on some folks. But yeah, and then I also saw him, a quote of him saying, kind of trying to stand against Congress, saying that he's different and that Congress, quote, divides us and talks about who's to blame and gets nothing done or nothing gets done. So those are some things that I saw about him. Um I should note, I, I used to work for Senator Baldwin right when I got out of college, wanted to work in, in government and see how things worked. Um, so it's interesting. He's the first major GOP candidate to, to step into this race. And do you guys have any thoughts on his candidacy? I truly don't know much about Mr. Hovde as a person. I've never met the man. Um, I know him simply as like Madison landlord, you know, like, I have seen his name across many buildings. There is quite literally like the Hovde building in Madison. And I, I know from some of my friends' experiences with, you know, his landlord company uh, that they've they've had some issues with him. But um, that that's not to say that he wouldn't be a great political candidate. Uh, I think that this is going to be a very expensive race now because this man has a lot of money to bankroll his own candidacy, which good for him. I'm very curious to see if any other like Republican competitors come out of the woodwork and come up against him. I think it would be It'd be kind of funny, but also just like devastating for this man if he got primaried and like lost in the primary again. Um, again. But yeah, literally, like it's just and I think it makes sense. You know, if you're going to get primaried by Tommy Thompson, like you better bring it. Um, And I think that, you know, there's not really like where are the Wisconsin Republicans that could do something like that? You know, the only person I could think of is like Paul Ryan, maybe. But he seems to be like happily plodding away in the private sector. So I don't know. Molly, what what do you think? I mean, I think the question is, what's his relationship to Trump? You know, yes. I mean, yeah, I don't know. But that seems pretty critical for him. I think anyone that says that they want to bring back old America or bring back the days of great, 
that's just kind of like a red flag for me and any candidate, you know, on, on any side of the aisle, because it's like return to the great days. And it's like great for who, you know, like great for when America was like isolationist and operating off of Jim Crow laws. Like, let's reassess that sentiment. But you know, I'm excited. I think it's always good to see like the incumbents get challenged and to see, you know, Tammy get pushed and to see what what she comes back with. And I think it'll be an interesting race to watch for sure. And again, Wisconsin, we just we keep going. We're going to be at the center of so much political drama this year. And uh, I can't wait. Can't wait. <laughs> yes. Our state stays purple in. So, yeah, we'll we'll see what his relationship is and how he, you know, aligns or doesn't align with Trump. Um, it definitely will be fascinating. And we, we have more to talk about related to Mr. Hubdi. But quick, let's take a quick break. It's March, folks. And in case you forgot, we live in Wisconsin. Although it's been an unusually warm winter, we can't guarantee we won't get more storms with challenging road conditions. Attorney Z. Usman with Usman Law wants to remind you of some of the winter rules of the road to help keep you safe. So remember, accelerate and decelerate slowly. Don't follow any car too closely. Avoid using cruise control, steer in the direction of a skid, and don't stop when going up a hill. If you are in an accident, call attorney Z. Usman. He's handled hundreds of insurance claims and can ensure you get everything you are owed. There are no upfront costs and no fee unless he is successful. Also, pro tip, don't negotiate with the insurance company on your own. Go visit madisonaccidentlawyer.com to schedule a free call with attorney Usman. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Speaking of Hovde Properties, one of Madison's old downtown blocks is going to get pretty fancy. Or will it? Dot, dot, dot. That's the big question. So we're talking about that dead-end <laughs> block of Mifflin Street, the 100 block, so where the silver dollar used to be, R.I.P., it's the, the block that kind of runs into the plaza at the top of State Street that the city calls Philosopher's Grove. Do y'all know where I'm talking about? I didn't know they called it Philosopher's Grove. I freaking love that. I think of that block as the entrance to the ivory room <laughs> where you could hear someone play you some. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm having too much fun. Reel it back. <laughs> Piano bar. <laughs> yep. Like Cento across the street. Teddy Wedgers kind of on the other side. So this is the block between the Capitol Square and the downtown public library. And I mean, you'd be forgiven if you weren't like, what's there? Because what's there is some century old buildings, one story buildings with these like cool terracotta facades. But there's no stores or places that, that we would like. I've never been in those buildings. They look cool from the outside. But I have to admit, I was like, 100 block of Mifflin. What is there? <laughs> I had to look it up. So what's happening is that 
Hovde Properties is proposing to demolish five buildings on that block. And it's something that he has asked the city permission to do before. And the city was like, nah, because we don't know what you're going to do with it. Um, So he has to get permission in order to demolish these buildings. But he hasn't really said what would go in their place. And that's been that's kind of been the issue. So Mike Revere, longtime downtown alder who represents the area, basically summed up concerns of the neighborhood this way, saying, like, we just don't want an empty lot sitting on the main corner of downtown without any plans for the future. Fair. So that's kind of the issue. And so you might be asking, like, okay, well, so we tried this once before, and so you said no, but what's different this time? Well, uh, what's different is the Wisconsin Historical Society. They are remodeling, creating a whole new gorgeous, fancy historical museum that would be right adjacent to this property. And they are going to need to demolish their property in order to build the brand new fancy museum right on the Capitol Square. So Hovde's bid is like, hey, in order to facilitate that demolition, you might need this area as like a staging area for construction. Let me help you out. Let me demolish the buildings. Okay, please. Thanks. Bye. And according to WKOW, they reported this week that it's going to be before the plan commission on Monday, this application for demolition. So that's what's up. So the demolition, to be clear, the demolition is not part of the Wisconsin Historical Society's plans. Like, he's just kind of saying, like, you could use this if you wanted to. He's striking while the iron's hot (laughs) because there's plans to demolish the Historical Society building in order to make way for their new museum. And he's saying, like, hey, wouldn't that be good if I could demolish these buildings next door at the same time because that could be helpful. Okay. So he still hasn't said what would potentially go there. I mean, you could see why he would want to do it, right? Just like get get those buildings out of the way, get everything ready to for a development to go in there. But the big question is like, what would go in there? Right. Why? That's like so shady. I don't know. That's so shady to me. Why would you want to knock these buildings down and not tell people what's coming next? Especially in a place like State Street in Madison, where people are very specific about what can be built and what can get torn down. And people are very protective of their old buildings. So like, you got to have a really good plan. Like you can't just come in swinging haphazardly. I don't know why anyone would think this is going to work. This is not, I don't think this is going to go over well at the plan commission. I think they're going to eat this up. So this is my question to y'all is like, what should go there? What would be cool for that block of downtown? I mean, housing. (laughs) Laser tag. No. um, (laughs) I mean, my first thought is like, are those buildings like really cute and historical or are they like kind of mangy? I don't know. I'm trying to remember. I'm looking at the outside of the silver dollar Uh, because I mean, I was just in D.C. last week. Um, Thank you guys for holding down the fort. And frankly, I just was so excited and loving like the old, old buildings and like how they really keep the character of the city. And so I do love, I love an old building, but are they worth <laughs> keeping? Yeah, um, that's a what question. should go there? I mean, 
I we like food on this on this podcast. I think we need a roller rink. You guys know I'm always trying to have fun. Or how about some resource a resource center for people? That's like a place I feel like there are a lot of folks who need um, social resources. That would be a very central space. Yeah, I think that's a great idea, especially because like Philosopher's Grove has been kind of like a hot button issue in the past few years. Like they've had some like, you know, talk about like hostile architecture being put in there uh, to kind of like keep people from congregating. And, you know, the city says it's about creating safe environments and whatnot. But like, is it really helping people? Like not really. But yeah, putting some sort of like actual social resources there. I think that would be huge. That would be a definite game changer. It's a huge block of downtown that there hasn't been a whole lot going on in. I mean, you got the Overture Center right there. You got the library right there. You got the Capitol Square, State Street. Great location. Very walkable, bikeable, busable. Yeah. Ideas needed. That's our new job. We're coming up with the development ideas for the city of Madison. I'm claiming it right now here. Mm. CityCast Madison. Yes. We're taking your ideas. <laughs> yes. So we'll see what happens at Plan Commission. But... I heard there were also some big moves happening at UW with admissions. Yes, there are. So if there are any any high schoolers out there, hello, fellow youths, um, or, you know, probably more appropriately, <laughs> any any parents of high schoolers out there, um, this is a big story for y'all. So this week... Governor Evers signed a bill into law that will grant Wisconsin's top high schoolers direct admissions to the universities of Wisconsin, formerly known as the UW system. So under this new law, seniors in the top 10% of their high school's graduating class would automatically be admitted to any UW school except for UW-Madison. But then seniors in the top 5% would be guaranteed admission to all UW schools. So that includes Madison. So you guys might remember this bill that was part of the package that was drawn up by the legislature recently that finally helped unlock pay raises for UW employees at the cost of pretty much slashing DEI funding and initiatives across the university system. But some schools at the universities of Wisconsin, they'd been looking into direct admissions programs long before that DEI conversation ever came up. You know, these initial conversations, when these initial conversations were happening, though, however, like UW-Madison did not want to be part of it. They did not opt in directly to the program, and neither did the campuses at Eau Claire or La Crosse. But this move towards direct admission is kind of becoming a little bit more popular. Um, you know, Wisconsin isn't the only state to take this up. According to Inside Higher Ed, quote, the University System of Georgia launched its own direct admissions program October 7th, and Indiana's Commission of Higher Education announced the initiative in August. All told, there are now 10 states with system-level direct admissions, and some say that number is likely to multiply in the coming year. So, like, this is pretty big. The one thing to note is that, like, the direct admission process, um, this basically foregoes the application process altogether. So, like, if you're in that top percent, then, like, you guaranteed get in, which is different than like guaranteed admissions plans in states like Texas or Tennessee, like Texas specifically is kind of known for this program where like you have to 
apply to get that spot. Um, But here in Wisconsin, they're kind of just like giving it to you. And some of the bigger things uh, that come out of this program that advocates say will help, um, you know, not only our state function better, but also our university system, is that it will help remove barriers into getting kids into school, you know, like taking away the application system. It's just one less hoop to jump through. And hopefully then it will get more kids to go to college who might not have considered it in the past. Because at the end of the day, like direct admissions, like this is a marketing tool for schools. This is a marketing tool to show the accessibility of a college degree and a pretty cheap one at that. Um, You know, some other states that have implemented these programs, you know, it's cost them so much less to use this direct admissions versus like doing an actual typical marketing campaign where you'd have leaflets and, you know, people going out to schools to talk about your colleges and programs and whatnot. So it's kind of a simple and affordable way to hopefully boost enrollment numbers, which many, many UW campuses desperately need. And one thing to note is that it's also a way to now boost, hopefully, diversity in this post-affirmative action world that we're living in now. So there's a lot of good that can potentially come out of this process. Again, we're very early on, but this is really something that, like, the UW system, like, needs to kind of try because Wisconsin, it's, it's really needed a boost. We've faced some really big enrollment problems, more so than other public universities in many states. Uh, again, according to Insider Higher Ed, since 2014, college attendees at UW system have dropped by nearly 10% or about 20,000 students. And we've seen this, you know, in the closures of campuses at different uh, UW system schools. So, yeah, this is pretty big. Um, the program is launching this year, and we're going to see what happens. Do we think it's good? <laughs> I guess I'm still trying to, I'm grappling with how it's going to change the composition of the student body and like how many seats there are and how what that means for the students that want to go to UW but maybe aren't in that top 5%. Like, what does that do to their chances? Yeah, Mm, that's a good point. That is an interesting question that we're kind of going to have to see play out. And I am curious to see, too, if, you know, with the implementation of this direct admissions program, will we get a deeper look behind the curtain that is the very, very opaque admissions process at UW-Madison especially, but like just kind of schools in general? Um, I think that they're hoping especially for, you know, the other system schools, not UW-Madison, that this is kind of just like streamlining the admissions process. Like they're just going to basically be admitting students that they were going to be admitting anyways. And they're just taking away the application. They're just like, here you go. Like if you had applied, you probably would have gotten in anyways. Like let's just, let's just make it official. Yeah. My instinct as someone who, you know, went to Wisconsin schools and like, actually I was like, I want to go to UW Madison and I have to try to get in. My first, I was like, wait a second, people are just going to get an automatic in. Um, And then I did the numbers and like, I went to Baraboo and my class was 230 people. And when I did like, what's the top 5%, it was the top 11 students. 
So mm-hmm. I was 13. So I still would have had to, I still would have had to do my work and try. So it's still competitive. You know, I guess that was something that was on my mind. And then you think about the people in the top 10. Some of some of those kids are going to go to Brown. They're going to go to they're going to go to different right. schools. Right. So I do like an, on a sec a deeper thought like, oh, this actually might help diversity. Like get into your top 10. Yeah, this is interesting. It is. And there is also some like research coming out of UW that is tracking um, direct admissions programs. So I'm kind of curious to see what happens. Um, But we've got years, years and years and years to watch this. And uh, now the next question is just solving the problem of affordability. Oh, that. Yeah, just that just that little thing, just that little thing, taking away student debt. Um, But UW, some UW officials have kind of hinted or teased at, you know, some monetary incentives perhaps coming with this direct admissions um, program. But no one's given any specifics yet, but it seems like there could be some financial uh, incentives in the works as well. All right. Thanks for rounding up the news this week. Molly Stentz, thanks so much. Heyo. And Haley Sperling, see you later. See ya. That's all for today here on CityCast Madison. I'm Bianca Martin, your host. We're produced by Phil Circus. Molly Stentz is our executive producer. Our theme music is by Carl Christensen. Haley Sperling is our newsletter editor. Don't forget, you can always get more news delivered right to your inbox by subscribing to Madison Minutes. And hey, do you love supporting Madison's local businesses and this podcast? We might have something for you. We're hiring a senior sales executive right now. And if that sounds like something you're into, you should definitely, definitely, definitely check out our show notes for details. We'd love to have you join our team. And speaking of things we love, the Best of Madison nominations are happening right now. Are we your favorite local podcast or maybe your favorite local news website? If so, please vote for us. We would love that. Check out our show notes for a link. And hey, if you enjoyed today's show, why not share this podcast with someone who likes Tom Selleck? See you back here Monday morning with more stories from around the city. Until then... Have a good weekend.